Back to school. Hmm? No? Um, school's, school's ending? End of school? Almost summer? No, that's... Ah, the middle of summer. Perfect time for new things. Uh, but I'm... But we're uh, gonna talk about one of the more important and underrated sets of the past few years. Welcome to Arcavios. Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. Okay, it seems like we lost Bruce, and we're gonna do this anyway. Uh, while we're looking for him, let's talk about Strixhaven, School of Mages. It's uh, one of my favorite sets of the past few years, and I know that that is a divisive opinion. Um, seems to either people like it or hate it, and I don't see enough people loving it, uh, which is why I want to talk about it. I, I like talking about things that are positive. I want to talk about the positive side of things. See, with Strixhaven, there are a few things you need to keep in mind. Uh, Mystical, Mystical Archives changed the game. It was amazing. It was the right direction for limited product, and... I think overall really made older cards a little bit more accessible for newer players. Um, I'll get into that in a bit, but uh, today we're also going to talk about uh, a few of the the rule changes, a few of the new uh, new, I mean new to this set uh, mechanics, and uh, talk about one of the biggest things. The shakeup to the color pairs. Commander 2021 uh, was the Strixhaven Commander decks. Uh, these were the, the, the year's allotment of Commander product, but we all know that since 2020, the year of Commander, we get Commander decks for every, every set, every standard set, every, I mean, kind of really any auxiliary set as well uh but uh the thing with these decks is that they really they really did something uh to to shake up the color pairs uh i mean the the set as a whole obviously did as well but they were really cemented in these decks um one of my favorite things came out of this these the this commander product uh which was the keyword demonstrate uh, for those who don't know, Demonstrate is a keyword ability. First printed on five cards in Commander 2021. We need more. We need more than five. Because this is my dream, baby. Uh, Demonstrate says, uh, when you cast this spell, you may copy it. If you do, choose an opponent to also copy it. Players may choose new targets for their copies. Um, my favorite is Incarnation Technique. Well, I also like creative technique. Which one do I want to talk about? Let's talk about creative technique. Shuffle your library, then reveal cards from the top of it until you reveal a non-land card. Exile that card and put the rest onto the bottom of the library in a random order. 
you may cast the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Uh, that's like a fun little removal-less chaos warp. I'm sure that there's a word for it. Itali? Kind of? I don't know. Uh, incarnation Technique says mill five cards, then return a creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield. So Incarnation Technique is definitely a little bit more powerful uh, in terms of, obviously, like, you get to choose. But also, with Incarnation Technique, uh, you can choose an opponent to copy this that doesn't have anything in their graveyard. So then they copy it, fail to find, then you get two of this spell. Um, I really like the uh, the multiplayer aspect of this mechanic. Uh, I'm surprised I didn't bring it up during my little vignette about multiplayer mechanics, but what I like about these two cards is, and I mean the whole cycle really, is that it has it has a way about the the politics around this mechanic that uh, it really does a good job of making other people feel like they're involved in your choices. Um, with creative technique, it, it's this wild chaotic thing uh and it, it, it's got a lot of text so your opponent and generally i'm talking about metas like mine and bruce's where you know not everybody's always keeping up on the cards you know you may even come across somebody who knows what this card does and there's not really much anything anybody can do about the copies um, if you let somebody else copy it and you get the original and a copy, uh, it's going to be harder to counter both, you know? Uh, but also just, you know, you play this and you're like, Hey, I'm going to demonstrate it or you're going to demonstrate it. You know, like, uh, you choose a person that you think can help you the most and they feel great. They feel great about getting a copy for free. But you also get a copy for free. And you get the spell. I mean, five mana to do the thing I just said, either of them, is pretty good for the most part. It's a sorcery. So I guess it could be cheaper. But you're getting two of that. There's never going to be a time, really, that you are not going to. Moving on to Mystical Archives. Um, Mystical Archives... <laughs> was for those who don't know mystical archives were like the the booster fun slot for uh for strixhaven uh and what this meant was that any of your draft packs uh had a slot dedicated to mystical archives now all of these cards were reprints except for i believe one which was a preprint print which was uh, Abundant Harvest. Abundant Harvest, I believe, was planned to be first printed, uh, because obviously it was printed here, um, in Modern Horizons 2. And they had like announced this, like, hey, this is a cool card coming up from a cool new set. Ba -ba -ba, you know? Uh, but ultimately, it was, I mean, first printed in Strixhaven, Mystical Archives. Um, but... Uh, this 
this idea that you had this book of cards, you know, a library of, of spells. They were instants and sorceries from magic's past. They were iconic. They were, they were, you know, the things people think about when they think of magic. But then also some, some little, little other ones. Um, there were a few cards in there that were banned in some formats and not banned in others. And generally speaking, these cards were legal to play in Strixhaven Limited or anything that involved Strixhaven booster packs. Uh, but the Mystical Archive cards themselves were not legal. Like, they didn't bring anything to standard. Uh, they were not standard legal, unless they were already in standard. Uh, but they, they, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool idea to have, obviously, like, we get showcase arts every set. Uh, but it was really cool to have something so, like, flavorfully on point. You're a student at this college. You got, you know, the history of magic behind you. You've got these these very cool, like, you're learning how to do spells. And these are, like, your textbooks. Uh I, ho I hope we see something going forward with maybe, like, creatures or enchantments. Um, and who knows? Maybe the next time we go to Arcavios, we'll see that. Uh, so, with Strixhaven, you've got, like I was saying, Mystical Archives, which is all reprints except for one card. Now, you've got the rest of Strixhaven, which is 275 cards. All of those are brand new cards, except for one, which I believe is Grinning Ignis. Grinning Ignis. Grinning Ignis. There we go. Uh, that's the only reprint in, in the base set of Strixhaven. It's just a cool little fact. I, I, it's almost like a yin and yang of, of the set and Mystical Archive, but I... I think that it really kind of goes to show how deep into wanting to make this new plane uh, and this just new idea of what magic could be. Um, you know, it really, it really showed the effort put in, uh, even if it was just, you know, a lot of functional reprints, which not, there weren't that many. I think there were like probably like a dozen functional reprints, but like, you know, the other 263 cards were brand new and, like, exciting and brought a lot of new mechanics, not a lot of new mechanics. I think there were three in the main set that were, uh, some of them were good. <laughs> uh, we had Lessons and Learn, which were fine, not really super relevant in any of the formats that I play. Uh, I guess I could probably make, like, a learn deck in our 60-card casual, uh, but the fact that Commander doesn't have a sideboard made learn, I think, just looting, uh, because it, learn is learn is a mechanic that says uh, you may reveal a lesson card for, uh, you own from outside the game, your sideboard, and put it into your hand, or discard a card to draw a card, uh, which is not looting. The other one, rummaging? I don't know. Correct me in the comments. Do it. Um, 
Then we had Magecraft, which I believe is... Uh, it really is the starting point for these landfall-esque uh, mechanics. I, I think we're going to see, you know, a whole cycle of this type of mechanic. Because uh, we've got landfall, then we have magecraft, which is whenever you uh, cast or copy a spell, this triggers. Uh, it's nice that it's not whenever... Uh, sorry. It's not spell. It's whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, uh, it triggers. Uh, and overall, it, it started this cycle where you've got landfall, you've got magecraft for instants and sorceries, landfalls for lands, if that wasn't clear. Um, and then we've got, I think it's called Alliance uh, from, from Streets of New Capenna. Um, Alliance is whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, trigger. Um, so I'm sure, I mean, even to an extent, oh yeah, Constellation, that was before this, never mind. Constellation is whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, trigger. Um, so while it's not the beginning of a cycle, it's a continuation of a cycle, and a very important one of that, because I think that a lot of, like, Spellslingery decks can find these cards not only super helpful, but also just, like, a really real way to ground the choices that they make. I think that it's it's super important in decks where you may be being countered more. Uh, and, you know, say, what is it? Archmage Emeritus says, Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, draw a card. Like, that's super helpful in those decks because... If your plan gets interrupted, you're you're still getting not necessarily a lot of value, but you're getting value in where you can continue your turn. You're not completely wiped out. Um, and then we've got a new evergreen, and they when they announced this, they like knew it was going to be evergreen. Uh, mechanic keyword keyword uh, ward ward. Ward, I feel like, is very divisive as well, and maybe, honestly, maybe that's what made Strixhaven even more divisive. Uh, Ward is whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or an ability, an opponent controls, counter it, unless that player pays N, where N is the ward number. So it's uh, for Adrix and Nev Twincasters, Ward 2. Uh, if they try to target it with a spell or ability, it, anyone who's not you, so it'll, it, opponents, uh, um, if they try to target it, it gets countered unless that player pays two. Um, I really like this ability. I think it's very interesting take on Hexproof, um, but it is awfully pedantic. Uh, if you're in uh, playgroups that are slightly above ours um it's going to cause a lot of feel bats because somebody's gonna be like oh well like it does like you did successfully get it onto the stack you did target this thing but it's countered uh while in our play group it generally is just like oh well this got wards so, like if you want to pay it'll resolve uh and I think, like, there's a, probably a point in the game where it does become, like, all right, well, like, 
you knew that this had ward. Uh, so, like, yeah, it does get countered. Unless you pay the ward thing. And I, I like where they've gone with this since. I mean, um, we had... We had we we have plenty of ward costs, you know, pay three life, discard a card, sacrifice a creature, these types of things, where it is just a little bit more complex. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean bad, and you know, plenty of people have pointed out like, oh, like ward eight, that's essentially just hexproof, and like yes, but like if you've got the eight or you know you've got infinite mana, you can pay that. Um, it, it it makes it so that there are more iterations of what can happen. And I think that that's really neat. Um, and I think that uh, Ward generally, while it will be explained away as just uh, hexproof, I think the fact that there are, like, competitive ways to get, like, you know, like, you target a thing, it's got Ward. Like, there are ways to be like, all right, no, like, that goes to the graveyard, you know? While if you just reveal, like, if you if it just had hexproof, you'd be like, no, this has hexproof, you can't target it. That would just go back to their hand, you just have information, rather than a thing in their graveyard. And, like, sometimes that's nice, but I would say, overwhelmingly, <laughs> having it countered is much better. Uh, and it gives also, like, it gives way to... Uh, cards that are like that can't be countered, right? Um, we saw this with Leer decks. Uh, Leer doesn't care about Ward because spells can't be countered. I, a little bit of a, a side note again. Hello, side note. Uh, before we get to the next two points, uh, side note. Uh, we have two new text changes uh, make the text boxes because we've get, been getting more and more words in text boxes they wanted to like clean it up and i i mean honestly if you're gonna have a place to do it might as well be the academic setting of arcavios you know uh and with that uh we have shuffle your deck just becomes shuffle which cool uh i think that this is very valuable in terms of making words efficient I mean, I'm not about optimization, but making the game more easy to understand and less intimidating to look at is great. Uh, this is also where we got CMC changes to mana value. And this is also, while less like st like strongly divisive, it is slightly divisive. I think that um, even if people aren't thinking about it, uh, I know... Most people who've played before this, especially for any extended period of time, still generally call it CMC or converted mana cost. Uh, mana value is generally the same thing. It is putting a number to the amount of mana that you put in. Uh, now, this is different than mana cost, which includes colored pips. So, like, say, for instance, let's go to a card that we've already talked about Adrix and Nev Twin Casters. The mana cost is blue, green, two, which means you pay a blue, a green, and two of generic mana. Converted mana cost, generally speaking, is four. Mana value is also four. 
They are synonymous. Uh, I think what is interesting about this is that CMC generally feels already fairly straightforward. Uh, it, it feels self-explanatory. Uh, but converted mana cost, while it rolls off the tongue, uh, is a lot of letters. It's, it's big, it's long. Mana value, short, concise, to the point. I don't think it's as self-explanatory, uh, which I challenge you that if you're teaching a new player uh, what mana value means, try not to call it CMC. And see how that goes. Because I feel like most people who have explained mana value end up using converted mana cost or CMC somewhere in that thing. Um, now, my penultimate uh, point for how cool Strixhaven was as a set are the MDFCs. I think that uh, the MDFCs continued to expand from Kaldheim, where... Were they in Akoria? I don't remember. What I liked about what I like about the MDFCs is that it gives you an option, right? It, they're they're modal double faced cards. Modal being the optimal or not optimal the 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 key word there. Uh, and I think what makes the modal part so interesting is that we've had double faced cards for a long time, and giving you an option to which side you play makes it so that you can't play the other side. I like that there are mechanics with how it works in your hand, like it's always the front side. Uh, anywhere other than the stack, it is the front side. Um, on the stack, it's whichever side you choose, and then on the battlefield, it's whichever side you choose. So. When they started this, the easiest thing to do was make the back a land. Um, this proved to be successful. Got a lot of people talking about it. Uh, and honestly, I think overall, those are very valuable game pieces. I think that the, the fact that you could choose between an instant or sorcery and a land, or a creature or a land, was really big. I think that Zendikar really hit it out of the park with, with the MDFCs. Now, fast forward to May 2021, and we've got on the horizon new MDFCs, where the back is either a creature in with regards to the Deans, or the backside is an instant or sorcery. Now, I think that these are really cool in idea what's uh, it's a great idea that that is that is true it is the next logical evolution of what this mechanic can be but i feel like they kind of i don't know they did what they could with the execution with so many double face cards you usually get some sort of reminder in the bottom right corner or like cutting into the text box of like what the other side is, whether it's, you know, like, oh, on the back back is, on the back, on the back back, on the back is a 6-6, six, six. you know, like, oh, this werewolf turns into a 6-6 six, six type of thing. Cool. That's neat. 
with Zendikar, you're, it just says, like, land, green, you know? Like, you know it's a green land on the back. With creatures, it's... It, it, with especially creatures... Well, with creatures, you know, we saw it with werewolves. It, it's fine. You, you kind of know. But, like, with werewolves, especially, like, it's going to flip or it's not going to flip. You don't get to really choose which side you put it down on. Um, so you're always going to put it down face up. Uh, and with that, you don't have, like, people, the, your opponents will have that information at that point. Um, with lands, you know, you can see, like, oh, the backside of this, just from your hand, having it still hidden information is like, oh, the backside of this is a green land. Great. With instants and sorceries, you may just not remember, like, oh, like, what does this instant or sorcery do? Uh, what, you know, it, it, it becomes a little bit jumbled. You got to kind of pull it out of your sleeve whatever and i mean you know to an extent then you have your your blank uh help helper cards where you can be like okay like this is the thing i slot into the deck and then i'll have you know the things over here so like wandering archaic for example you know it's a five mana creature and if an opponent plays a spell you can copy it unless they pay two type of thing um i think it's instance of sorceries the backside is each player uh, gains three life. What is it? Exactly. This is my point. I, I, it does so much that I, it's hard to remember without pulling it out of the sleeve, looking at the back, and then the opponent knows what's happening. Um, but I think the biggest thing that uh, Strixhaven did was took the Ravnica idea of color pairs, and they really jumbled it up and i it's so much to ask for a fan base to not like stick to the the in-universe guilds right like if you like there's a chance you've already been doing that but to an extent the card design has already led you to stick to like blue black is demir you know but like red white is is boros and like soldier type like very like structured and attacky but like with strixhaven we got lore hold uh and like lore hold was about like uncovering ancient artifacts and a lot of like artifact stuff and a lot of like uh graveyard shenanigans uh and you you really saw these you really saw this in the commander product. Um, I think that certain of the schools really kind of fell by the wayside in terms of like the shakeup. Um, you know, we've got uh, Prismari, which ended up just kind of being spell slingery stuff. But it was uh, with, with regard to uh, the contrast of of is it it, it like they're both kind of samey. Um, I think that Prismari did some cool things in terms of, like, performance stuff. But, like, if you know anything about Ralzeric, he is kind of just, like, a live wire, you know? Like, that's kind of all, like, that's almost already what it was. But it's, like, you know, the the, the yin and yang of engineering and performance. They're, they're very 
similar in idea, um, even if they don't seem at, at first. Uh, and then Quandrix, blue-green, uh, which, I mean, the Simic and Quandrix are kind of all about tokens and big numbers and counters, which, like, I guess, like, <clears throat> to an extent, the fact that both of these have blue says more about it than really anything. I think blue has just kind of wide swaths of what magic can do and wants to do. Uh, you pair it up with something like the perfect secondary colors of green or red, and it becomes hard to be innovative. But I think that even so, uh, these, these schools did a lot to shake up what you could do with your commanders, what you could do with these colors, what you could do, you know, really, really, even so much as like, oh, like this is how you build something new. Um, I think it also didn't necessarily destroy the color pie. I think that like they were really intentional in not crossing over too much. I mean, I think that like, I think, you know, I think Prismari is, is, I mean, some of my, like the Prismari cards, especially from, from Strixhaven and C21 are some of the most bombastic, like over the top, like why, what is going on here type of cards. But I also feel like Lorehold has very grounded, no pun intended, uh, structure of uh, what it can do with red and white. Um, and I think even so much as like Witherbloom sure is about like decay and like growth out of the dirt and grime but like i think that getting like life gain being like a very vital role there is is just like a fun little twist and i think that it 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 really did a number to i don't know get a lot of people out of that that ravnican mindset and i'm i'm really interested so while doing research on this too like it was noted a few times of like the, the you know uh, these schools were made up of the enemy color pairs and while the enemy color pair uh guilds in ravnica are about what the colors have in common the schools are about what they don't have in common and i think that that's very interesting to like think of conceptually um maybe we'll talk about it again in another episode, maybe the next time we go, go to Arcavios, maybe we'll see another school on Arcavios that isn't Strixhaven that do the allied pairs, you know? Uh, and I think that it's it's going to be interesting next time we go to Arcavios if we do. And it's going to be even more interesting to go back to Ravnica, which we absolutely will. Whether we want to or not, Ravnica will be on the horizon eventually. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how these guilds are structured with the knowledge that, like, these color pairs are more than what we've been told. Um, and I think all of this goes to show that Strixhaven was a magnificent set. I think that there was a lot to be said. I think that there was a lot that, like, they tried, uh, and I think that, like, 
there are so many things that we can take away from Strixhaven and C21 that, honestly, like, I hope they continue to iterate on. I think Demonstrate, I will say, time and time again, is one of my most wanted mechanics for more than just the five cards that we have. Um, and I think that... Uh, Especially in a especially in a casual commander setting, I think that like it is super, you know, like it, it just wants the the whole table to just do something. It it involves others. It is remarkably just exciting, uh, and gives you gives you potential f for more than just optimizing your turn, you know, and. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm excited for the next time we return to Arcavios or Ravnica or, I mean, the next time we get a new commander mechanic uh, type of thing. Uh, so uh, that's all I got for today. That's all I got time for. Uh, but uh, hopefully next week we'll see Bruce. Um, so uh, signing off, we're Temple of the Fallspot. I'm Temple of the Fallspot. Uh, where, where my decks are not optimized, but my plays sure as heck are fun. This sounds really... Uh, inflated. Uh, I'm Andy. Have a great night. May your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!